0: Log Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. The Women of Golf Show is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. Here's more about our sponsors. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company, providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiast and golf tips the game's most in-depth instruction magazine, including reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, all designed to help you improve from tea to green. Good morning, welcome to the Women of Golf, the number one women's golf show around the world with hosts, Ted Odorico and Cindy Miller. Join them as they interview some of the best players from the Symmetra, LPGA, and Legends Tour, and so many others, helping to elevate women's golf. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy.
1: All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Women of Golf. I'm Ted Roderico. and unfortunately, Cindy's not with us this morning. She is out there raising money for one of the local hospitals um, in Buffalo, New York, so uh, we want to wish her much success and good luck with that. So she won't be joining me this morning, uh, but she will be back next week, of course. have got a great show for you this morning. Uh, very, very excited. We've got uh, a couple of great guests that are going to be coming on here in just a moment. I'm going to introduce the first one here in just a minute, but I want to remind everybody, of course, we are live uh, every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the blogtalkradio.com network. Best way to find us is go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Golf. And uh, as I said, we're always live every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern. If you can't join us live, not to worry. Just visit that link uh, a little bit later on. Scroll down to the On Demand section and you can check us out there in the recorded version. And not only today's show, but all of the other previously aired shows as well. And we're also on Morning Read. You can check us out there as well. So glad you could join us. And uh, I'm going to introduce uh, this morning's uh, first guest, and we'll, uh, we'll begin our discussion. Um, my first guest is Savannah Villabi. She is um, a golf professional whose accomplishments included the, winning the 2016 Texas Women's Open as well as a 2019 again. Uh, she began playing golf when she was uh, eight years old and uh, attended the University of California in Riverside. Uh, she's also worked very closely with the Women With Drive organization, Uh, which uh, created to help promote women's golf. And this past weekend, she was uh, finished tied for second in the Mission Inn Resort and Club Championship. So please welcome my first very special guest this morning, Savannah Villabi. Good morning, Savannah.
2: Good morning, Ted. Thanks so much for having me on today. I'm excited.
1: I'm glad to have you on. I appreciate you taking time this morning. So, we were talking off-air just a moment ago, and um, I was asking you uh, about the Symmetra Tour's uh, schedule. You're, you're on break this week from Symmetra. I know they just finished uh, this past week and was the third uh, event in a row, but you're playing somewhere else. Where are you playing this week?
3: Yeah,
2: so we the Symmetra does have an off-week. I'm with the credit state open, so I just got to Denver yesterday morning, and I haven't been here in a in a few years now, but uh, looking forward to teaming it up tomorrow.
1: Well, very good, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, this past weekend's event because you actually had uh despite coming in as runner up uh, you actually had a really, really good event, according to you, you felt that you really played well, and we'll talk a little bit about mm-hmm. that but i want to I want to talk about because you you started playing golf very, very young uh, <laughs> around, roughly around eight years old. Who introduced you to the mm-hmm. game? And give us an idea of when you felt, hey, this is something that I want to do.
2: Right. So uh, I start yeah, my first lesson was about seven or eight years old. Uh, my brother and I got started at our home course, uh, Real Hondo, in Downey, California. So um, golf is just one of the sports that we tried growing up. So my parents were huge proponents of just like, yeah, I'll try whatever sport hobby you want to get into. And, you know, we're here to support you. So it started with baseball, T-ball, all that stuff. And, um, you know, amongst your soccer and tennis and track and volleyball golf was one of them. So um, I seem to take a liking to that. And uh, the hand-eye coordination I think was there pretty early just because of the baseball, T-ball background. So um, it was a pretty fun transition. So, Um, I got serious about it in high school and then uh, set my goals to play in college where um, I earned a scholarship at UC Riverside, like you had said. And uh, the coach that I had my senior year there, Mary Ritchie, was just a tremendous influence in, in my life, but especially for golf. And she gave me the push to really go pro she kind of told me what that was going to look like and what to expect so all growing up it didn't matter what I tried I just wanted to go pro like whatever it was like if if it was baseball I was like I'm going to be the first pitcher in the MLB first female pitcher there um <laughs> if uh if whatever whatever it was like you know uh for a while I was into drawing and I was I wanted to be an artist and I you know that kind of right. parents a little bit but Um, but golf was, uh, something that I took a natural, I I took a natural liking to, um, the the ability seemed to be there. And after high school, my parents and I kind of decided that this was probably the sport with the most longevity. So, um, I was fortunate enough to meet some really fantastic people in college, Mary Ritchie being one of them. And then, uh, you know, decided to turn pro after graduating. So since then it's, um, I played on a lot of different tours and Symmetra has, has been one of the special ones, obviously. This is the Mm -hmm. path that we want to get to the LPGA, but, um, you know, no two years have really looked the same. Um, that in turn, you know, I'm grateful for that too, but that's, that's kind of been the journey starting from, from, uh, from eight years old.
1: Do you think, I mean, because golf is, and you know, this, you know, really better than anyone, golf is a hard game. It's not like many of the other sports that, you know, you can pick up pretty easy. It, it, yeah, it's, it presents its challenge. Um, so mm-hmm. for you to pick that as a sort of a career choice says a lot about your integrity because it's not an easy sport. I mean, you could have, like you said, you could have been an artist, you could have done anything, um, and not saying that there aren't challenges there, but golf is extremely hard as most people know. Was there, mm-hmm. was there something inside of you growing up that, that really gravitated to those challenges um, that said, you know what, I don't care how difficult this is, I'm going to master it or I'm going to do my best at it? Was there sort of a driving force within you that said, I don't care how tough this is, I'm going to give it my best and whatever happens, happens?
2: Right. Uh, yes, but, I, you know, I think I was kind of, a little ignorant to the process of what it really looked like to make golf a career. So like I right. said, whatever I did, I just wanted to turn pro, you know, it all sounded good. right? But when, uh, when, when you, when you break it down, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of things that you have to figure out first and with golf, it makes you answer really tough questions about yourself and the, mm. the beautiful thing about it and into the double edged sword is that you don't always have someone with golf. You don't have really Teammates. Granted, you have national teams and stuff, but you don't really have that teammate or that coach that's just going to be in your ear and just holding you accountable for practice. You know, it's just, it's you and your goals and your strategy. And it's up to you to decide what works and what doesn't and then to go back to the drawing board and just continually improve. Um So over the last few years, I've been really fortunate to have a a fantastic team of mental coaches, my swing coach, my trainer, and my family and boyfriend, who have been tremendous influences for me. And um, they're the people that that hold me accountable, who I can bounce ideas off of. And so at this point in my career, I'm lucky to feel like it's a collaborative effort. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you do have to be your most authentic self in order to play this sport. Um, You know, you can't get by on anybody else's results. But what's great is that you don't have to lose a game just because your teammate doesn't feel like playing their best that day. So um, I think there's a lot of freedom in that.
1: Yeah, it it is. It's an individual sport. And, again, there are some – a few team, uh, you know, moments within a, a golfer's career, whether it be playing with, on a Solheim Cup or something in that event. But essentially, you, you are accountable to yourself, and unlike many other sports mm-hmm. where you do have teammates to rely on, or you know, if you're not playing your best one day, they can kind of help, you know, pick your end up a little bit, or vice versa. But in golf, it's it's right. you and the elements that are out there, and if you're not playing your best, it affects you and you only. Um, right. So let me ask you what was the biggest shock? So you, you turned pro and you mentioned, you know, there was a lot of things <laughs> unexpected. What was some of the, uh, what was the biggest shock? I guess when you turned pro and you got out there and realized I did, what was the sort of, I didn't expect this uh, moment for you.
2: <laughs> so my, my rookie season on Sumetra was 2017. And uh, I just, it always felt like I was behind the eight ball there with even coming down to travel arrangements. Like for whatever reason, it just took me a while to get a hold of the, of the host housing thing, or, um, just simply making an itinerary for myself. It was very, it was a very reactive kind of year. So I wasn't in a place, um, mentally or like logistically to create. It was all very much a reaction to the next thing and the next thing. So, that was, the, that was the, biggest, the biggest change, I think. So between college golf and professional golf, in college you have a team of people. You have a whole village that are making sure you are where you are at the right. appropriate time. But um, I didn't practice that enough going into my semester season, my, my, uh, my rookie year. So um, that was the biggest struggle. And when you feel like you're just playing catch-up the whole season – it's, again, it's yep. really hard to play your best because you're constantly reacting to these things that you didn't anticipate, that you didn't plan for. So um, we can just chalk that up to maybe just a lack of experience, but a lack of decision and, and planning. So um, in that process, I've definitely learned that with, with discipline and planning comes more freedom. So um, mm-hmm. when you plan ahead, you know that certain things aren't going to be a distraction for you. Um, when you decide even when it comes to training and your diet like if you simply decide that you're going to allot this time um, or you're going to eat a certain way um, you know simply that other things aren't allowed in your space to distract you so with that you're able to create and in the space of golf that's obviously the most important thing instead of just reacting to the next thing that that was unforeseen so um yeah, I'm kinda of forgetting what the original question. Oh, that was anyway, so that, no, that was the biggest struggle. That was the biggest struggle. <laughs> I was constantly just reacting to this new environment in every way possible. So that was that was a tough one for me
1: there. Well, you know what, if it's if it if it's any comfort to you, Savannah, um virtually every young lady that we've interviewed off of Symet or even the L P J have said the exact same thing. Um, you know, their their mm-hmm. rookie year. It it's It's a shock, really, because you don't know what to expect. You know, you're focusing on, you know, doing your best, bringing your best out there, you know, out in the golf course. You're not thinking about all these other uh, little nuances and little twists and turns that actually get you to the golf (laughs) Mm -hmm. course. Um, So it it can be a little bit overwhelming, especially for somebody, again, you're you're coming out of a collegiate uh, environment where you have a support team there and they're planning and doing a lot of things for you. Now, all of a sudden, you're the planning, uh-huh. you're, you're, you're the, you're yeah. the team, so to speak. And, you know, suddenly yeah, it falls on it. your shoulder. Yeah, exactly. You're yeah. it. It's, say, it's me. So not only you got to you balance uh, and, and keep up with your golf game, but you got to do, you know, you've got to be the, the event planner. You've got to be the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, you know, get your meals organized, what you're going to do, what you're going to eat. Right. Um, this is And, my
2: and best that's time. something I've,
1: Right, this is, yeah, and, you know, as much as you'd love to stay up late and listen to some music or watch a great movie, you've got to get up for an early, you know, tea time and you've got to be well rested. So there's a lot mm-hmm. of factors involved. What do you say to yourself, and, and again, we've, um, Cindy and I, of course, oh, she was here today because I know she'd have a lot of good questions as well, but um,
2: uh-huh.
1: we've interviewed a lot of great young and up-and-coming professionals, uh, as I said, both with the Sumetra and the LPJ. And one of the things they've, they've all had a moment throughout their career, and I don't like to use the word slump. Everybody using this uh, terminology in mm-hmm. golf is, you know, in the slump. But everybody has mm-hmm. weeks or, or moments where they're not really playing their best and they're kind of – and some of them have gotten to the point where they've even said, mm-hmm. I don't think I can do this anymore. I want to quit. Yeah. Number one, did oh, you yeah. ever get to that point? Did you ever have that feeling? And if so, what did you say to yourself? What mentally did you say to yourself – to sort of turn things around.
2: So to be honest, that that uh, that question has probably surfaced, or that that wonder has probably surfaced a couple times a year, every year. <laughs> just like,
3: is right. this it?
2: Like, is this really it for me? Like, am I really going to be able to do this? Um, yeah, the darkest part, uh, the, the probably the most often I entertain that question was 2018 or 19, just going through some. Uh, just it was it was just tough because I didn't have I didn't create habits that served me and then I was wondering why I was golfing so poorly and not making cuts and wasn't where I wanted to be. Um, so what I've learned from that is in any moment that I question like is, is golf really it like is this am I on the right path can I do this? Um, that's the time that you have to look at your habits. And this mm-hmm. year I realized that, yes, the goal is to play on the LPGA. Yes, the goal is to be the best and win tournaments. But I did not, if I was thoroughly honest with myself, I did not have habits that matched those goals. And so right. um, a quote from Urban Meyer, something that he asked his players, he says, look, you can lie to everybody, just don't lie to yourself. And if you have set a mm-hmm. goal for yourself, take a look at that, and then take a look at your habits. And then when you, when you compare those things, you're either going to have to change your habits or change your goals. But one of them has to change. You ha- there has to be congruency there. So this year for me, um, if there was any doubt as to whether I could continue to play golf, I simply had to look at my habits. Because if I'm asking my, myself that question, I'm not playing my best. And then it gets, it gets simple from there. You can be objective about that. Well, why aren't you? and i think just the pursuit of that authentic self that professional athlete that i want to be um it helped me align my habits and um you know fortunately this week it was it was inspiring to see the results follow so
3: mm-hmm.
2: um to your question of of a slump like yeah i hadn't i haven't had the results that i wanted this year pr- really prior to this tournament. and there were a lot of difficult questions that I had to ask myself, and you have to be brutally honest, because you can lie to everybody, just not yourself. And, and with that, it was like, man, I really, I'm not exactly the person that I want to be. I'm not the person that I want to be in God. I don't know if you have faith, but to me, that was yes. something that I really, that I learned was just incredibly powerful. Like, who am I in Christ? Who am, is, is golf the vessel that he has intended for me to use to make a the world better to make myself better, and to make sure that answer was yes, I had to create better. I had to create habits that served me, and um, and with that, it's having the discipline to say no to to certain distractions, however light they may be. And if you're really in a slump and can't figure it out, then that's <laughs> maybe it's time to even just look into simple things of like, and you know, whether it's whether it's diet or really being more strict about a bedtime or rest or training and stuff like that. So those little efforts add up and eventually they're all going to come to a point where they they work synergistically and then that's when you get some really great results with with your profession. And that goes for for anything not just golf but um Yeah, for me, in any time where I've questioned, like earlier this year, like, hey, is is golf it? Like, am I really happy doing this? All I did was Mm -hmm. look at my habits and then adjust them accordingly.
1: You know, just on a side note, um, God has hold more putts than anybody, so faith is extremely important. (laughs) Um, So just keep that in mind when you're out there. No, I couldn't agree more. Um, So just keep saying that to yourself when you're standing over, you know, that long putt. Just say, "God has 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 more putts." Um, Put your faith in him. That's that's a great thing to carry with you. And and faith is, believe it Uh or not. uh, Again, I understand everybody is different, but faith is. uh, Uh I'm a firm believer as well, so I agree. So here's something I want to mention to you, and you can you could kind of take it as advice, or you can kind of uh, just what some of your other fellow pros have said uh, based on a, a similar question put to them. And we had a number of, not, not last year, I mean, we interview every year the, the winners and runners-up and so on and so forth, but one, of the, one season, I think it was two seasons ago, we had about five guests in a row that had won the event. And what was really interesting is every single one, it was their first event, And they all said the same thing verbatim of what I'm about to tell you. And they said Mm -hmm. one of the problems that they had was they were out there grinding. They were focusing on this. They were really just Mm -hmm. mentally draining themselves. And they said the one thing that they forgot to do was to have fun. And what was really interesting, Savannah, and this is why I'm telling you this, as soon as they changed their mindset, now that, that doesn't mean they stopped working and they didn't get out and practice and they mm-hmm. didn't get out there and, and you know, sharpen their mental game. But when they started to go out and recognize that, you know what, I just need to be out here and have fun. This is what I'm here for. I need to enjoy uh-huh. it. And they were all at the same crossroads as, as you've experienced where you're not playing your best, you're questioning whether you should be there. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing was those five women, every single one went out and won the very next, one, uh, next event. Every single one of them.
2: (laughs) That's fantastic. I love that.
1: So what I'm Mm -hmm. saying to you is, you know, there are always going to be moments in life, whether it's as a golf professional or, or, um, you know, whatever it is that you decide to do moving forward. um, If if this ends up not being something you want to do, uh, you know, for a lifetime, there are always going to be Mm -hmm. ups and downs. But you have to have fun. You have to enjoy. It's like it's nothing worse than doing Mm -hmm. a job that you hate. And I know you don't hate golf, right. but, but you know what I mean? Or, right. or you feel like you're overwhelmed because you're just beating yourself mm-hmm. out there every week. So just remember, starting with mm. this week, go out and just have fun. You've got the game. Mm-hmm. You, you, if you didn't have the game, you wouldn't be where you are right now. So don't worry about mechanics. Don't worry about, I've got to sink this putt. Go out there, have fun. You know, smell the flowers, listen to the birds, whatever mm-hmm. it is that may, gives you comfort and peace out there. And just play uh-huh. your game. Don't worry about anybody else. But play your game. But most importantly, have fun. I
2: love that. I love that, Ted. Thank you. Thank you're you. You're very welcome. You. That's so important. I agree with that.
1: Well, I think a lot of people get caught up with the mechanics of the swing or they get caught up with, in the moment of, I've got to win this event or I've got to win an event. I've got to get in the top 10. All of that stuff is irrelevant if you're not enjoying yourself. Because if, if that's your pursuit... Mm-hmm. Then what ends up happening is, like you said, you're taking your, you know, obviously you have goals and, and those may be some of the goals. That's okay. But if your main focus is, is all of that all the time, you're going to get to a mm-hmm. point where you're going to resent the game. You're not going to enjoy it. And mm-hmm. then when things don't go your way, the frustration level just increases. So just remember to go out each and every week and have fun. Laugh at yourself. You miss a, right. a putt and even if, you know, even if it costs you the tournament, laugh about it. It's a game. Am I might. <laughs> I love
2: that. You know, I mean, I might need practice doing that. Objectively, it sounds of good. On paper, but know. <laughs> you know. But that, no, that I understand the point there, and it is. It is very important. You got to remember, right. there is a beautiful life to live outside of golf.
1: That's right. And 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 again, I don't mean to distract uh, and and not pay attention to the other important. Oh, stuff. Of course, all. you've got to do right. that. But but this is what these young ladies had told us uh, on the show here. Uh, when they came on, and, and it was amazing because it was really interesting because, I mean, literally verbatim, they all said the same thing. All right, I want to get to the tournament here. Um, you did play, uh-huh. yeah, I mean, you know, it's, uh, it is it is what it is. got to get out there and enjoy it. So here was something that was really interesting, and I want to read what you had said. Um, these were some notes that were passed along. Um, you said, I was really hoping for the last putt there but it was a stress-free par, which was nice to end on. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited this Mm -hmm. week. It finally felt like the mental and physical game showed up at the same time.
2: (laughs) Yes. Explain that a little bit. What
1: what happened this week that hasn't been happening maybe some of the weeks leading up or even the last season?
2: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I'll also throw in the cross of – of a uh, spirituality there. So the spiritual, mental and physical all seem to intersect this week. And I knew it was just going to be a matter of time. So um, in the past, yeah, like it's um, in, in the past. And then even in the recent weeks, like you feel like you can make a mental, like you have mental victories along the way. So say one tournament, you really did well in being objective about things, but um, maybe the, maybe the swing wasn't there. The ball striking wasn't there. Puts weren't dropping or, whatever so the physical game may not have been what you wanted it to be or what you you had hoped but the mental game was there so the attitude was good and another week maybe maybe your uh your attitude wasn't the best and your aptitude was better so maybe you're hitting the ball great but your mental was maybe preventing preventing you from really stealing the deal there so Um, I felt like I was making progress in each of those areas especially spirituality the last couple weeks and um, I knew that I my work ethic was was one that was going to reward me with good results and finally it happened so there's a lot of trust in what I was doing there's a lot of trust in the process and um, this week I, I had the aptitude and the attitude and and um, it came together and it, you know, gave me a run at, at winning the event. So um, just looking to build off that. And, um, you know, I I did look at what worked and um, hoping to to bring that into this week and for the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, it, it's so important. And, you know, the truth of the matter is all cylinders are not going to fire at the same time. Every time, yeah. um, you know, t- uh-huh. Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods is a perfect example. I mean, I don't know how many times I've heard him and he <laughs> used to drive me nuts. I feel like put my foot through the, through the television, but he would, <laughs> you know, he'd win a tournament, you know, he'd win a tournament by, you know, oodles of strokes. And he'd say uh-huh. something to the effect, well, you know what? I wasn't playing my A game today, but I'm happy with the result." <laughs> and I'm like, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, you just blew mm-hmm. the field by 12 strokes and you didn't play your A game. <laughs> what? What? What would you, I mean? I, I I was I was scared to see what his A game would have been. You know what right, I'm saying? I mean,
2: exactly. Absolutely.
1: so you know, listen, I'll take your C game, Tiger. I don't care. I mean, you know, if you're sure, winning, if sure. you're winning tur- tournaments, but um, so something else I noticed uh, too. I, I I was you know I always like to do a little bit of research on on some of the guests and that. And I came across the video where you said that you prefer to fly to the events as opposed to, you know, hopping in the car and driving around different. Uh, is that just a personal preference, uh, or is it just to, to get you there a little bit quicker, uh, or is that even true? Um.
3: Yeah,
2: I think that I think that was a couple years ago, but or maybe not. It, it just depends. I mean, I don't really want to sit in the car for twelve hours. I'll make like a, a nine-hour trip or whatever, but. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really have an issue with caravanning. I was just traveling with a friend of mine, Sarah White, the last couple events, and um, you know, those are pretty good chunks of of, um, of road trips and, and all that, so that's fine. But I mean, I, I simply, I mean, I like to drive. I like to fly. It's really, um, it doesn't really make a difference until I have to sit in the car for 15 hours. So that's when I'm like. Right. Hey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but getting to a tournament site as efficiently and rested as possible—I mean, that's—I mean, it can only work in our benefit. But we can't ignore that we're kind of at the level of playing triple A golf here. So, um, cost is a factor; expenses are factors. Sure. And if you can do something to minimize those, then then all the better. Then you just you just do what serves you at that point.
1: I agree. Uh, I think whatever's mm-hmm. whatever's the most efficient, I think is always the best. What do you consider? the best part of your game and what gives you uh what what do you struggle with at times with the most what's your best part and what areas do you struggle Uh most with when when they're not working well
2: uh so kind of a double-edged sword here driver i absolutely love this club um but it has uh it has definitely put me in positions to win for sure but i have also missed cuts you know, on, on 18, because I rip a driver OB right, you know, that's, that's, um, it's, it's not a story that I wish to repeat, but, um, uh, you know, driver has kind of been the downfall in the past, although I have pretty good distance off the tee, but this week I was really channeling one, you know, just a single swing thought that, that, um, kind of set the driver and everything else online. So, as a strong point in my games, I mean it was definitely ball striking this week. Um, I still average i think thirty thirty one putts uh, for the for the event, but I was hitting a lot more greens uh, than I have in the past so at at, mm. at a point you know putts are putts are gonna fall um, especially from that twenty foot distance. Um, I feel like when you have a really good tournament. It's uh it's when you can get a couple of those 20 footers to fall. Granted, you're, you're gonna wanna right. make the 5 footers for birdie or for up and downs, but um yeah, those 20 footers make a difference. But uh, for me, getting to the green was uh, was a big deal. So um, I got some new uh, Titleist irons just a, a few weeks ago, and uh, this was their mm. third tournament, second tournament with me. So, um you know when you when I have equipment that I feel is, is working to my benefit, so um, I'm still definitely in the honeymoon phases of, of these clubs now, and um, I think it just showed up in the ball striking stat this week, so uh, so right now, I well, would say ball striking is, is pretty great.
1: Well, those new Titleist irons are either going to stand with you in the winter circle, or they're going to end at the bottom <laughs> of the pond, one of the two, so hopefully they'll be in the winter circle with you. Um well listen, yeah, they'll be they'll savannah be with me. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure they will um well listen, good luck this week it's and good luck the rest to of this season. the lake oh, I know, yeah, trust me i know um <laughs> but listen good good luck this week and um good luck the rest of the uh, season on Sumetra, and I have no Thank doubt you. that you'll be you'll be joining uh certainly me and and Cindy again, i think this season I see a win Thank coming up real real soon, so. Um, I appreciate but just remember that. What
2: I, You're not the only one who feels it.
1: <laughs> I'm sending some positive vibes your way, and I'm praying for you. But you know what? Just remember what I said earlier. Go out and have fun. Most important thing. Work hard. Do all the th- stuff that you need to do that you've been doing for years. But just remember to go out and have fun, and I have no doubt you'll be in the winner's circle real soon again.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Ted. Thank you. I appreciate all right. your time here today. Thank you.
1: All right. Thank you for joining me. Have a great, uh, a great uh, tournament this week.
2: Sure thing. Thanks so much. We'll talk soon.
1: All right. Bye-bye. All right. It was my very special guest uh, from Symmetra Tour, Savannah, the lobby, uh, out there playing another event, not a Symmetra event, but a different event, Um, but uh, finished runner-up this past week at the Mission Inn Resort and Club Championship. Um, Great event. Finished tied for second. uh, But as she said, everything was sort of firing on, all cylinders, so she's happy overall with her game. So I have no doubt. Uh, very positive young lady, uh, great upbeat attitude, and I think she'll do well. All right, uh, I'm going to take a very quick break, and then I'll be back with Kelly McAnally, Uh Join me here in just a moment. Here's a quick message from Golf Tips Magazine.
0: The following ad is sponsored by Golf Tips Magazine.
1: Are you tired of being short off the tee? And what about those three putts? Forget about it. It's time you got serious about your game. Golf Tips, the most in-depth magazine in the industry. For over 30 years, Golf Tips has delivered expert content such as the latest golf instruction from America's top pros, simple to follow practice and game improvement drills, fitness and mental game tips, equipment, training aids, accessory and apparel reviews, golf destinations and travel tips for every budget, and so much more. Don't miss a single issue. Go to golftipsmag.com and subscribe today. All right, I'm going to be joined here by my next guest, Kelly McAnally. Uh, she is the Chief Operating Officer for the First Tee in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, she leads the organization's day-to-day operations, including strategic planning, facility management, operational personnel oversight, and vendor relationships. In addition, she is responsible for driving facility patronage and seeking creative and innovative revenue opportunities and partnerships. And before, before joining the team in March of 2018, uh, she worked for IMG, where she served as tournament director for a number of LPJ events, including her last stop was in Green Bay for the Thornberry Creek LPJ Classic. So please welcome uh, our second guest this morning, Kelly McAnally. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning. How are
0: you?
3: Good morning, Ted. How are you?
1: I'm doing very well. So let me ask you, I don't know how much of the last conversation, if you were listening or not, um, but one of the things that I think as golfers we forget, because we get so caught up in the mechanics and everything like that, is to have fun. Do you agree right. with that? Do you think sometimes we forget that? And is that something, particularly at the first tee, and we'll talk about more specifics here in a moment, that you really try to instill in the first tee programs is to, you know, make sure you're having fun?
3: Absolutely. And, I, you know, I think about, you know, my time playing golf at Longwood University. And um, I think about now, like, where I don't have so much pressure on myself and I have kind of lower expectations since I don't get to practice as much as I used to. Um, but I have so much more fun with it, uh, in that capacity. And I think with the first tee, we certainly, you know, try to instill that in our kids through, you know, our seamless curriculum where they're playing fun games, uh, certainly using different tasks, you know, uh, skills from golf, uh, to accomplish that. But, you know, when you're hearing them laughing and you're hearing them having a good time, you know, that, that's all you can ask for. And that's what it's all about.
1: Well, you know. Golf is is challenging enough. It it's a ve- I mean let's let's be honest. It can be it can be a very very difficult game for some. Some it comes a little bit more naturally, uh easier, but for the most part it, it's it's challenging for for the better uh I would say the 99.9% of the population. Um so, you know, adding more pressure and and you know, ramping up uh that difficulty meter if you will. Um, by not having fun and just going out and sometimes laughing at yourself. You hit a bad shot, you hit a bad shot. That's just one shot. You've got, I'm sure, many more, hopefully not too many more uh, in your round. So, you know, the the next shot is really what counts. And I think sometimes people get caught up and get frustrated and end up, you know, going down a different path because they're just not, you know, they don't feel they're playing their best. Um, And there's a lot of factors that that are involved there. But um, so... I want to move on to the to the first T, um, where you are, and particularly about the uh, renovations at Belmont. Um, I know Davis yes. Love III, of course, was involved with that. So, talk about that first off. What were some of the things that you guys did um, in in the renovations? What was happening? Give us kind of an overview.
3: Sure, just kind of give you like a you know quick kind of overview of kind of how we got there. Um, We had an opportunity, um, you know, come up that you know Belmont and Henrico County was, you know, owned it as a municipal golf course, and we're looking for a third party to come in and and run it and and run the day to day. And for First Tee, you know, this was a property that didn't have a a driving range or really any like good practice facilities. And for us and our curriculum and and our programming, certainly was going to make it a little bit more difficult to do some of the fun games and activities that you know we certainly do with our kids. And so, Mm you know. With the help of, you know, certainly some key donors uh, in this project and certainly with a little imagination, um, you know, our team, our CEO, Brent Snyder, and you know, some of our board members put together uh, a request for proposal um, where we were kind of looking at doing something a little bit different, looking at the future of, of golf. And with that, you know, we took an 18-hole Tillinghast golf course and uh, the Davis Love uh, Design Group. able to restore you know 12 of those holes so holes you know original holes seven through 18 are now one through 12 on our championship we were able to add a six hole par three course uh, using some of the templates from Tillinghast and some of the other great golf properties that he's um, done over the years and Mm -hmm. then also right um, added a really nice driving range a wedge range um, and a really really nice practice facility to really help each person find their connection to golf. And I think we see that a lot as we talked about fun a little while ago. You know, for some people, you know, playing on, you know, we have a, a putting, an 18-hole putting course. You know, for some people, you know, putt-putt is kind of their, their entry to golf. Sure. And for us, you know, we want to be able to, to provide a welcoming and fun environment for every person, whether you're a really low handicapper um, or just somebody that's looking out to have a good time with your family. And, and Belmont is certainly going to be – that place uh, here for the foreseeable future.
1: Well, and that's so important, too, just to to touch on the point you just made. Um, you know, you want to be adaptive to everybody's needs. I mean, you know, everybody's different. Some people like to get out there on the range, and they like to see how far they can hit it. Um, but some people just like to putt on the green and, and work on that part of their game, or just that's something that's fun to them. And again, it goes back to that word fun. You know, you want to make it an enjoyable experience for all levels. And um, it sounds, with these renovations, that's exactly what you're accomplishing. And uh, kudos to, you know, the staff at the First Tee in, in Greater Richmond, but also to Davis Love III and his group for helping to bring that uh, to realization. And um, it, it's, um, it, it's so important, you know, I think that when you have the right, the right atmosphere, it makes the whole learning experience that much better for everybody all the way around, both from the teaching side, but also from... Uh, the student side, if you will, when they're learning these different programs if they're in the right environment. So kudos to all, all the way around. Yeah, um,
3: absolutely.
1: I'm yeah, really grateful
3: Scott some... Sherman and Davis Love and mm-hmm. Mark Love for their hard work. And then certainly, you know, with my team here at Belmont. I mean, our maintenance crew, our superintendent, Dan Sabina, um, our VP of golf, Mark Lynch, those guys have done an incredible job building a team that, you know, buys into that culture and, and supports the vision that we have.
1: Yeah, and it's so important because, again, it's a, it is a team effort. You know, it's um, everybody sort of pitches in and does their part. And when it's all, you know, sort of all oars are, are rowing in the same direction in the boat, uh, then it's obviously a, a much smoother and, and enjoyable journey. I want to bring something that I want you to, and again you don't have to get into great detail on each point but maybe you can talk about some of them. Um, First T for those that maybe are not as familiar with this program, I'm talking particularly to some of the parents out there that may have children that have expressed an interest in golf and and uh, you know maybe uh, this is something that you've considered. Um, the First T programs have nine core values which I think are great. Um, maybe you can touch on a little bit some of them, all of them, whatever um, and why you feel and why they've been so successful as part of the curriculum, First T.
3: Sure, and I think you know, for those that aren't familiar with First T, it's certainly a great nonprofit organization. You know, there's probably one you know in, in a city either mm-hmm. that you're in now or, or nearby. And you know we do a great job of certainly teaching life skills and healthy habits uh, and empowering young people, using the game of golf to do that. And, you know, the core values are certainly a big part of that. As we look at, you know, integrity um, as an example, you know, golf's one of the few sports where you're calling penalties on yourself for having to keep your own score. And so keeping people honest, um, you know, judgment, certainly another great core value. And so I think as we look at, um, you know, all of those core values, uh, we do our best through kind of different games and activities where they're learning you know, things like how to introduce themselves properly, you know, looking people in the eye, shaking their hand. Um, I just really love seeing like the confidence that once, you know, you see our kids progress through the different levels of, of first Tee, um, you know, just how far they come. And, and for me, you know, operating now three first T facilities here in the greater Richmond area, I find that uh, our first T participants uh, turn out to be some of our best employees as well. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, we love having them around, not just in our classes, but, you know, they love you know, also coming in and maybe this is their first job as well. So, you know, through those core values, um, we're able to instill a lot of uh, character and, and things like that um, with them that they can take with them, you know, whether they go to college or in those next endeavors uh, beyond our program.
1: Yep. And, and and well said, by the way. Um you know, 2020 obviously was very difficult um, for a lot of folks, and it still has been for for many uh, at this point as we sort of transition and, and try to get back to some sort of a normalcy. Golf, obviously, as as I think we all know, really got a a booster shot in the arm uh, just because people were, you know, stuck inside for a long period of time in many cases, and you know, were looking for something to get out and do. So there's been a a real surgence in interest. Um, but in 2020, obviously, it was very difficult to do some of the programs because of social distancing and so forth. But you guys are coming out in 2021 as things have, have you know, opened up a little bit more uh, with some great spring and summer programs. Talk a little bit about some of those and, and what, from a, a, a parent's ex- uh, perspective, what their children can expect to uh, be a part of if they choose to, to come out and participate.
3: Sure. I mean, especially for those just looking for for activities for their kids. Yeah, I know our chapter offers, you know, first two summer camps uh, over about an eight-week period. Um, And we we do that at all three of our uh, locations here in the greater Richmond area. Um, You know, some parents, you know, will enroll their kids in in multiple weeks of camp. Some, you know, kind of pick one and maybe do some other sports, mix it in there. Um, We also do um, our life skills experience classes uh, as well, which, um, you know, during the summertime, which you know, for some for some of our kids, you know, whether they're doing other extracurricular uh, school activities or things like that, you know, they can't always do all of our first tee program throughout the school year. So the summer kind of allows them time to be able to catch up and and be a part of it and certainly integrate uh, with our coaches. And so, yeah, if you're if you're looking for something fun for your kids to do the summer, I would highly recommend uh, any type of first tee activity, whether that's summer camp or, or classes at a at a local golf course that has a first tee program for sure.
1: Yeah, and there's also just some of the other things very uh, quickly I want to mention. Uh, the PGA Junior League as well is another one, and uh, one of my favorites is the LPGA USGA Girls Golf Program. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that, because that's been a very successful program for a lot of folks that uh, participate in that. Uh, maybe you could touch on a little bit about that, so that sure. you know, maybe somebody that has a young daughter that maybe would like to be a part of that, maybe give, again, an overview of what that program is about.
3: Yeah, you know, we found with PGA Junior League, it's a great way for for our junior golfers to get some competitive golf. Um, mm-hmm. And um, and so you know, we do a lot of kind of internal matches to build confidence. You know, using a lot of like the you know maybe Op thirty six um, concepts where they might start at you know twenty five yards, you know, try to make car from there before moving back to fifty yards. And um, you know, we certainly have found that you know PGA Junior League is just a great kind of team environment where golf is such a you know individual sport most of the time it allows them to kind of be around kids their age uh, competing, you know, in golf. And is, it goes back to that word fun. Um, it just keeps it a little bit more mm-hmm. fun when it's it's something you're doing with your friends. And then, you know, same thing with our LPGA USGA girls golf program. I mean, I love seeing our girls out there doing you know, a variety of activities, whether that um, they just did a watch party uh, for the pure silk championship that was in Williamsburg not too long ago. Um, and so just different activities that we do to bring, know the young ladies in our in our first two programs together um to you know have kind of that social interaction but also you know being able to share that passion for golf and and get out there and play is always you know just a great experience not only for the girls but coaches as well i know you know some of those lpga events are, are some of my favorites that i look forward to as well um and then for you know maybe the some of the moms or people out there you know i've got a with women's golf day being today I've got a scramble yes. um, event going on at our, at our Tattersall Youth Development Center over in Chesterfield, and um, I've got, you know, about 12 ladies from the LPGA amateur group coming out, doing a little scramble. We've been spending the last six weeks doing some um, introductory to golf clinics, um, and, and today we're going to get out on the course and, and test out our skills that we've all learned. So um, it's just a great, you know, opportunity across the board, um, not just to the LPGA USGA Girls Golf Program, but also the LPGA amateurs, um, which is also a great mm-hmm. connector to the game as well.
1: Yeah, and, and thank you for mentioning, because I was actually going to mention that very same thing today is, of course, uh, June 1st is Women's Golf Day. And uh, that has been a, a very successful. It's in, I think, its sixth uh, year um, uh, since its inception. And what's really great is it's in now over, you know, 90 countries around the world, um, you know, thousands of, of not only courses, but organizations participate in that. And, you know, Women's golf in general has really, not just at the uh, tour level, but at the uh, youth level as well. I mean, last year, just to give you an example, I'm not sure if you follow any of the numbers, but they had close to a half a million young girls get into the game in 2020 during the middle of a pandemic. So it just shows you that there's an appetite for young women uh, to be a part of this game. And these programs that you've just touched on are a great stepping stone to get young girls, particularly interested in a, in a game that you know, whether they have aspirations of ever being on the LPGA tour or some other uh, mini tour or what have you, um, it's just a great way to introduce them to something that really, as you know, uh, Kelly, is uh, becomes a, a game of a lifetime. And uh, I think Absolutely. it's just great that you guys, yeah. And uh, you know, just on a side note, you mentioned earlier on, you know, about not being able to, to play and, and what as much. Um, I never really realized I'm, I'm a teaching professional as well, and what was always interesting to me is I thought, great, you know, I'm going to be a golf professional. I'm going to play lots of golf, but unfortunately, when you actually get in the profession, you get so busy, you know, doing lessons and doing corporate events and so on and so forth that you don't have any time for your own game anymore. So I'm like, well, what's up with that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So,
3: I'm looking forward now that Belmont just opened this past weekend, I'm looking forward to, to working on my game some and maybe playing in a few uh, Virginia state golf association events here soon. Um, but yeah, yeah, you know, it's really been an exciting time, especially for women in golf. And I think, you know, for me, I, you know, I started playing golf when I was eight. So, you know, I sometimes take it for granted where there's, you know, some people that you know don't know where to check in or don't, you know, exactly know what to do when you get to the golf course. And so, I've been really, you know, proud of, of our first T chapter and how we use our facilities to be that kind of welcoming, you know, judgment-free, you know, almost educator of the game to help, you know, continue us to grow and, and do our part to to share this wonderful game with, with so many people.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and just on a, a side note, too, and, and again, you know, uh, if you want to mention just a, a generalization, uh, but in addition to the to the nine core values that are offered through first tea, you also have nine healthy habits as well. Maybe you could touch on a couple of those and just explain what we mean by that it 's not just all about nutrition
3: sure, no, and I think with you know Annika Sorenstam certainly um developed those i believe with with first tea and um as we you know mm-hmm. we look at healthy habits it 's not just necessarily like nutrition but it 's also like you know the mental aspect of of the game yep um you know all those different things kind of factor factor into it and so um you know we want to make sure that we're providing certainly you know safe and healthy environments where we program and those healthy habits we try to instill whether that's you know simple things like you know hydrating and making sure you're drinking plenty of water um especially as we start getting into summer um getting kind of hot out there and and sometimes we can Mm -hmm. relate those healthy habits back to our you know core values of you know you know back to judgment you know if you don't bring water out there you're gonna be a little bit thirsty um yeah, making yep. sure that you're doing doing the right doing the right thing and, and sometimes they tie together nicely. Um, but you know, they all oh go ahead.
1: Yeah. Um and just on a side note, uh, Virginia does get hot in the summer, so yeah, you wanna have some water handy uh while you're on the golf course, uh you know, it, it's just something that uh, you know we we overlook. But you know, it, it's so great because I, I love a lot of these these uh, programs, and I'd like to even see more. Um, I, I'd love to see golf, and I, I'm not sure, you know, how we we as an industry have to go about it. But I'd even like to see them become more entrenched in our our general school systems, because you know, like so many other sports, you know that they have access. Golf is one. Uh, and again, it's it's a little bit differently uh, logistically and so forth. But I think there's ways that we can creatively come up with to get kids interested at a younger age and get them out to programs like what you're offering at First Tee and Greater Richmond. But just to sort of hit that spark, if you will, because a lot of, as you know, a lot of people unless they're introduced to something at a very early age, later on in life they're not as apt to take it up because they're not haven't been exposed to it so i think the earlier that we get um uh and and just any of you listening to the show right now if you can hear in the background you can hear some birds chirping and that that's one of the other great things about being out in a golf course (laughs) is you get a little bit of nature with you as well like unlike so many other sports that are in a stadium or whatnot so there you go see even the birds are happy today absolutely
3: well and i think for me it's a really nice day out here today actually and um you know, back to, you know, with those healthy habits, it's, you know, not just about like the physical and nutrition, but, you know, so much of that too is the the social and emotional piece of it as well, where, you know, being outside, I just, you know, it's not super hot out, you know, just, I don't know, it's just nice to be out and see a bunch of people out here enjoying the game. And um, certainly the social aspect helps when you can find, um, you know, kids your age that also are doing the similar activities or, uh, your friends in the neighborhood that all want to maybe do the same summer camp. You know, it's always just great ways to to bring people together. And uh, we're looking forward to Belmont continuing that tradition of us kind of bringing that community together and and providing a fun and inclusive place for for people to do that.
1: Yeah, and and again, I'm I'm a firm believer that uh, the earlier that you start somebody um, in in something like this, a, a first tee program, and you guys obviously have a a great one there in in Richmond. Um, you know, expose them to something that they can do for a lifetime. And as you kind of pointed or alluded to very early on in the conversation, is really there's so many life lessons that can be learned through the game of golf that people don't really realize until they actually get into it and and understand a little bit. And, you know, and and they sort of cross over. Life and, and golf can kind of cross over. There's a lot of things that you learn out in regular life that can actually, believe it or not, help you out in the golf course um, and vice versa. So it's just a, an overall, it's a great game. It's a lot of fun, and it's something that you can do. Obviously, when we get into our golden years, they say, which I'm fast approaching, um, by the way, but um, it's something that you can do, and like many other sports and games out there that are a little bit more physically demanding, not that golf can't be at times, but it's not a high-impact sport like, like a baseball or football or, or soccer or some of these other sports or tennis um, it's something that you can do much later in life and and, uh, and still have some enjoyment and fun. So um, Kelly, where can the folks, if they want to, if they're going to be up in your area uh, or currently in your area, where can they go to get more information on some of the programs and things that you're offering?
3: Certainly. If you're interested in our programs, you can go to our website, which is firsttrva.org. Uh, and then certainly, you know, for those interested in, in Belmont and the work that we've done there, uh, that website is playbelmontrva.org and would love to love to see you guys out here.
1: Well, perfect. Well, Kelly, I want to thank you. And um, my apologies that Cindy was not able to join us today. I know that uh, you probably uh, were looking forward to having her here, but she's out raising money for a local hospital uh, up in uh, her area up in Buffalo, New York, uh, through golf, of course. That's one of the other great things is so many charities benefit from all of the hard work that many professionals like Cindy Miller, uh, do in the golf industry. So, uh, she sends her apologies that she wasn't able to make it, but, uh, we'll have you back on again and we'll talk more golf and and next time I'll make sure she's here, but, um, I appreciate you.
3: uh,
1: Yeah, I I appreciate you.
3: and, And send me some information if I can, if I can donate to it
1: will do um yeah it's just it's just a you know again just epitomizes what golf has done for so many organizations around and i know you guys do a lot of great work through uh the first tee up in your area as well and and uh working together with so many local organizations and things but but kelly i want to thank you very much for coming on and sharing a little bit about the first tee richmond virginia uh and again uh, go to the websites if you want to get more information. If you're interested in having your children participate or learning more about some of the programs that are available, it might be a great option to uh, get them involved this summer. Um, but, Kelly, thank you very much for uh, for joining me this morning here on the Women of Golf.
3: Ted, thank you so much for having me, and uh, happy uh, National Women's Golf Day. All
1: right, I appreciate it. All right, Kelly, thank you.
3: <laughs> All right, have a good one.
1: You too, bye-bye. Yeah, and just a reminder, as she pointed out, today is uh, National Women's Golf Day, actually International Women's Golf Day, uh, and organizations all over, not just the United States, but around the world, many, many uh, venues, uh, tournament venues are uh, participating in this event. It's a great way for women to get out and play uh, golf, and and. Uh, It also is available at uh, the PGA Superstores. Uh, You can go in there and they've got various different things happening there. So you can visit your local uh, PGA Superstore, which I believe uh, there is uh, 40 plus here in the United States. Uh, But literally many golf courses, many large organizations as well um, are participating. So get out there and support. And if you think, well, hey, I'm not a very good golfer, that's okay. It's just get out there and have some fun and enjoy and participate in something. And like so many of us, uh, once you kind of get bitten by the, the golf bug, it's a game you won't want to give up. So it might be challenging, but it'll be well worth it in the long run. All right. Uh, I appreciate, uh, you joining us this morning here on the women of golf and, uh, Cindy and I will be back next week with another great guest and, um, uh, some other interesting discussions we hope that you'll enjoy. But, um, On behalf of Cindy Miller, I'm Ted Odarico. Thank you for joining us this morning on Women of Golf. God bless everybody and have a great week.
0: Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's Women of Golf show. Ted and Cindy wish to thank this week's special guest. Remember to join them every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the iGolf Sports Network or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, Live, and of course Spotify. To get updates on the show, you can follow the Women of Golf Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash womenofgolf. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.